This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast, Episode 24. Hey listeners, welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited. Today's show is all about power struggles. Hmm. I can't imagine that any of you have ever experienced any power struggles with your children or your spouse or your own parents, perhaps. I think that Power struggles are part of the human experience. I think that some of us feel as though we have it all figured out. And so if everyone would just do what we said, then life would be a lot easier. But it turns out that other people have that same thing in mind. And so when we come together, say a mom and her 10-year-old son (laughs) or a mom and her nearly 13-year-old daughter, when we come together, you know, it creates a power struggle. And by the way, it takes two people to be in a power struggle, right? That's important to remember. So a lot of times I hear parents and I myself might complain about, you know, how difficult it is and challenging it is. And if our kids would just back down, well, we are a part of the problem. Newsflash. So, um, yeah. So today I get to talk to Debbie Zeichner and she is a licensed clinical social worker and a parent coach who specializes in working with adults and children and families and has done that for over 18 years. She is somebody I met through the Positive Discipline Association. She is a fellow Positive Discipline Parent Educator, and she works with families one-on-one and does live classes and works in schools. So she's kind of awesome. And today we're talking all about power struggles, how to avoid them, how to gracefully exit them. And, you know... A lot of what we do proactively can help us to not find ourselves in power struggles. So yeah, we're going to talk about that. So listen up, okay? And um, I'm excited too because 
I shared with you last episode about um, bringing on some real life parents to do some parent coaching that everyone can listen in on because one person's problem is every person's problem. And um, that's going to come out next week. So I'm not going to do two episodes a week because you are parents and you're probably having a hard enough time keeping up with the weekly episodes. Um, But I am going to have one or two bonus episodes each month to highlight the parent coaching, to highlight the world changers that are making a difference in the lives of parents. But I'm not going to do two episodes a week because that is crazy town. And I don't know who I think I am. Like I have a million hours a week to create podcasts. No, I don't. So anyway, look forward to that next week. And funny enough, my parent who is on the show next week will be talking about power struggles with her three-year-old. So we'll be getting to revisit this topic in a real life parenting situation. And one last thing, I am not super thrilled with the sound quality of this podcast, but just know I'm continuously learning and working it out. So I apologize, uh, but you should be able to hear it just fine. So, okay, I'm going to quit talking and uh, let you get to know Debbie. Enjoy the show. Welcome, Debbie Zeichner, to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad to be here. It's an honor and a privilege. Yay. Having me. You are so welcome. <laughs> Please tell all of my listeners a little bit about yourself, your journey, and why you do what you do. Okay, I would love to. So I, my background is as a licensed clinical social worker. So I previously had a psychotherapy practice where I work with hundreds of families over many years. And I found that in my practice, I always found that the best way to help a child was by supporting the parents. And the funny thing is that when I became a parent myself, I thought I would have it all figured out. I thought I know exactly what to do. Yet I just found myself completely overwhelmed with so many more questions and answers So fortunately, my husband and I were introduced to two amazing parenting courses. One was called Redirecting Children's Behavior, and the other is the Fabulous Positive Discipline. And really, I just found I was so enthused and passionate about what we were learning, the changes that we were seeing in our kids as well as in ourselves, because we certainly changed too, that I knew I found my passion in parenting and parent education. So I decided to give up the psychotherapy part of my practice in order to teach parenting and coach and support parents on their journeys. And that's how I'm I'm here. I totally relate to the idea of, I know so much, I'm going to have kids and (laughs) it's going to be so easy for me. I would all figure it out. MG, it is not easy. Yeah. Do you, how old are your kids? So I have a nine-year-old, his name is Evan, and I have a six and a half-year-old daughter named Chloe. So boy and a girl. Boy and a girl. Yeah. Um, And are they your biggest teachers? They are my biggest teachers. I have those strong-willed, passionate kids who I tell myself are my future leaders. Yeah. Right? (laughs) I recently found myself saying that, like, okay, these personality traits will serve them later, and right now... They are very inconvenient for me. Exactly. And the fact that we can recognize that in the moment and reframe that is awesome. Do you, um, is one, are they both pretty strong-willed? 
they're both very strong-willed in their own ways. Oh, you lucky so, duck. <laughs> I, guess we're, I guess I have a lot to learn. That's why I was given these beautiful children. Yeah, well, that's awesome because <laughs> today we're going to talk about power struggles. There we are. Uh, so when I work with parents, this is at the heart of so many challenges, right? Things like potty, tra- you know, the young kids like potty training and getting out the door and getting them to eat and getting them to sleep. But also as kids get older and you're negotiating homework and chores. And I mean, I haven't had to do this yet, but I imagine curfews and car privileges. You know, I think that power struggles really get us into a lot of mischief with our kids. Where do you find, what do you find in your work with parents? How do power struggles show up? So I would say I've seen so many of the same battles and I feel, I mean, the biggest thing that I get from parents is simply the question of how do I get my kids to listen? Yeah, totally. What is the secret? What is the magic? You know, what's, what's the magic there? And, you know, for many parents, everything seems like a battle. Really, everything. Yeah. From the moment they wake up to the moment the kids go to bed. So I agree with you. I think anything can actually turn into a power struggle. So do you think that the translation of how do I get kids to listen is ultimately how do I get my kids to do what I want? Exactly. Yes. How do I get them to obey? Right. Right. And then I think that feels really different. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one thing to stand up or to you know, raise your hand in parent class and just say, I just want my kids to listen mm-hmm. rather than I just want my kids to do what I say. Right. Like that's, there's two really different vibes there. Right. Right. Yeah. And then we also talk about kind of changing it a little bit to more of the direction of, I, I'd like to find a way to help my kids want to cooperate. Yeah. I really like the word invitation. Yes. Yeah. That's what I bring up in my classes with my clients as well. It's like, well, you know, we can't force them to do anything. Mm-hmm. Hello? Mm-hmm. We are raising right. humans, not robots. And <laughs> we can make things more inviting. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it starts with us. That's yeah. what we talk a lot about. It starts with us. And the key word in power struggle is that power. It might yeah. feel like the struggle is the key word, but really it's power. So tell me... Um, Tell me your take on that, a little bit about how power shows up in the parent-child relationship and can get us into the messy struggle. The messiness of it all. Well, I mean, really, power, it's a core, it's a hardwired need that we all have. I mean, parents and kids alike. And I think the struggle really seems to come in when we're both vying for power at the same time. So, So many parents feel like they have to win, you know, quote, unquote. They have to win. They have to show the kids who's boss. I mean, it's how many of us were raised, myself mm-hmm. included. So it becomes our default. It's, it's what we know. We tend to either parent how we were parented or we try to go the exact opposite. So, I mean, really what I help parents understand is that such a mindset, actually, as you mentioned the word, it actually invites resistance as opposed to cooperation. And cooperation for so many parents is really the end goal. So I really work to help parents in shifting their mindset in order to find ways to build that connection with their mm-hmm. kids, which in turn helps to encourage the cooperation. That is the end goal. Yeah. I think connection is so key. Mm-hmm. 
I definitely notice when I work with parents and they're talking a lot about that, like you said earlier, that continuous power struggle. Mm -hmm. And when I ask them, you know, when was the last time you had one-on-one time with that child? They get this look of like, what's that? Oh, (laughs) right. And I notice too, that sometimes it's hard for parents to really believe that just that movement towards building relationship and connection, just that alone, without even dealing with the power struggle behavior. Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP?, it offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God. Spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well-being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. that building of connection filters into all these different areas and creates is part of the proactive creation of, of that shift. Right. I love that because that feels way more doable than, Oh my gosh, how am I going to get them to eat? Or how am I going to get them? You know, you feel like 
it has to be this big change in the child when really it's a, a shift in the dynamic of the relationship. Well, that, and I think, and I'm sure you find this as well, that, you know, so many parents, when we talk about that and about building connection and building relationship, and I know a lot of parents will say to me, I know, but it just takes so much effort and it's so hard and I'm so busy and I don't have the time. And I say, you know, gosh, I get it. I get it. It feels exhausting. Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time, let's look at how long it takes to have that special time with your child or take those few minutes to connect versus how long it takes when you're in the middle of a power struggle. Right. So oftentimes we're looking at the difference between five minutes and 25 minutes. Right. So it's where do you want to invest the time? Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and you just wrote a nice short blog post. I love your short blog post. (laughs) I always try to be short and I'm like, to the point. point. (laughs) Really appreciate that. Um, About power struggles. And you mentioned in that post agendas. So how does our personal agenda get us into power struggles? Talk about that a little. Well, so we all wake up with these to-do lists. You know, I wake up, I said, gosh, you know, I have to return that email. I need to make that phone call. I have to work on that, you know, project, whatever it is. We all wake up with this, including what we need our kids to do. I need my kids to get ready. I need them to finish their homework. I need them to pack up so we can be on time. And the reality is that our kids wake up with their own to-do list. So it might look a little different than ours, you know, but they may wake up and decide, you know what? I need to finish that art project I was working on. And now I need to go and build something, you know, before I leave for school. And it's very moment by moment. You know, as you know, they're, they're really in the moment. So the power struggle really seems to come in when we're putting our agenda above our kids Mm-hmm. instead of, or as opposed to respecting the fact that our kids have these agendas of their very own. So acknowledging their agenda goes so far. So what that might sound like, for example, is, you know, wow, you're really having fun coloring right now. What are you working on? You know, I see your, how much fun you're having and it's time for your bath. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Should we skip to the bath or should we crawl there like tigers? Right. For older kids, it's it's the same idea, you know, acknowledging what they're engaged in before making a request. So I always say to parents, you know, if we want our kids to be respectful, because often when we talk about what are the end goals, what are the life skills we want our kids to have, you know, respectful behavior is always on that list. And if we wanted our kids to be respectful, it's so important that we model what that respect not only looks like, but what it feels like. That's so funny, because as I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking about... How um, <laughs> how irritated I get when my kids ask me to do something when I'm clearly busy doing something else, mm-hmm. and how I say to them, well, actually, maybe I don't say it to them, but now I'm thinking about it, I'm going to say it to them. Like how <laughs> much more likely it is that I will fulfill their request. If they're going to approach me with acknowledging, like, I see that you're busy with that right now. And I'm wondering if you could help me with this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I'm hearing our positive discipline tool, connect, Mm -hmm. connect, connect, connect before correct, or it doesn't even have to be before correct, but connect before we redirect. Exactly. Right. And how we're really, I think it's, we're good at that when the kids are really little and we forget how powerful it continues to be. I even recently told my husband, my husband's a power line construction guy and he goes out on storm work Mm -hmm. and he'll send me a text that just says, 
looks like we're going out for storm tonight. And I am a planner and I get super PO'd because I'm like, maybe you should acknowledge how this affects the rest of our family. And I'm super not graceful or appreciative. And so I recently asked him, you know, in your delivery, it would help me like shift into this new reality of you being gone. If you could just acknowledge that it shakes up what I, my vision for the rest of the day or the next few days, or sometimes it's like two weeks. And he's been doing that, you know, and this is my husband, this is an adult and it makes such a huge difference. And I can show up better for him because I feel like my world has some value in relationship to what's happening for him absolutely as well. And I think that we get this sense of urgency as parents, right? Like, well, this needs to happen now. Like we need to leave now. So sorry that you're having such a good time playing Legos. Let's move it along. Right. Right. Um, and I think that we invite, you know, invitations can go in many directions Mm -hmm. and that we invite parents often invite those battles that are exactly what is making them crazy. Right. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, it's, it's, we're talking about parenting skills, but mm-hmm. you know, as you mentioned, these are relationship skills. Yeah, and I'm, totally. parents, I'm sure you find it too. I mean, these are skills that parents are able to use in their work situations and all of their relationships and friendships. And, you know, the reality is that we all long to be heard. We all long to be understood. We all lo- long to be seen. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing how far that goes. Yeah. When we can kind of let go of our own agenda, not to say that we, we ignore our needs or that we don't, you know, we don't want to be permissive in terms of our parenting, but when we can put that aside to first acknowledge what our child's experiencing, or it's, again, it's that way of modeling respect and, and it goes for relationships. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, and I think that, you know, and then there's, so I know I, you know, we are both positive discipline parent educators. And I recently heard from one of my clients and she's got a three-year-old and she said, I, we think we're creating a positive discipline monster. Cause whenever we want him to do this or that, like he responds with the language, you know, and, and she also said, I think we're missing the firmness piece. Yeah. And so when we, so yes, power struggles require two people. Power struggles are about, you know, two people having two different agendas and it's helpful to connect before we redirect. It's helpful to validate feelings and we still need them to move it along. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what does firmness look like after you've said, wow, you know, that is an amazing Lego boat that you're building and you've been at it for a while and Dinner's about 10 minutes away. So would you like to leave your boat out as you wash your hands or do you want to put it away first? Mm -hmm. Right. Giving them that choice, sharing the power. And then you have a kid that's, you know, like I'm, I'm not done. I don't want to. Right. So it comes time to be firm, which I think there's, you know, some peaceful, positive parents that it's sort that's where discomfort shows up because we have this tendency to think about firmness as kind of meanness mm-hmm. or 
listen, you know, like the finger pointing and the furrowed brows and the drop in the voice. Mm -hmm. So how can we maintain connection and be firm in that moment with our kids when yes, their agenda matters and we're 10 minutes away from dinner and it's, it's time to transition. What are some things that you share with parents? I mean, I think one of the things is that, you know, I, I talk with parents about what their, what their goals are, you know, which is often getting kids to listen. Right. So, you know, first we, we spend time discussing and role-playing what it feels like to be ordered around, you know, including looking at our tone of voice, looking at body language, as opposed to being acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we find is that when our kids feel heard and understood, when it feels like we get them, they're more likely to listen. So for some, so in those cases where they are being more resistant, um, there's a few things. One, I mean, one of the, the biggest tools that I recommend is looking for those win-wins, mm-hmm. looking for solutions. You know, gosh, you're just, you are really enjoying this time and you know, enjoying the time coloring or whatever it is, you know, and, you know, it's getting time for dinner. So, you know, I need you to get ready for dinner and you want to keep coloring. Gosh, you know, what should we do here? Right. How can we make this work for both of us? What do you, what do you think? And so often just the mere asking is that way of inviting the cooperation because, yeah. you know, like we talk about in our classes, you know, when, when a child asks a question, the brain searches for an answer Right. right. And so to be able to stop and sometimes our kids respond to my own kid. You know, I know my son, I, he was playing on his iPad. I needed him to get off the iPad because it was probably something like dinner. I was getting so frustrated. And so rather than launch into this attack on him, I decided to just say, listen, I'm stuck. I'm totally stuck. Yeah. You really want to keep playing on your iPad. I need you to get ready. What do we do? How do we make this work for both of us? And I was surprised because he said, you know, mom, I'm just, you're asking me to do, I'm in the middle of the game. There's two minutes. Look, there's two minutes left on this basketball shot clock. As soon as I'm done, I'll go do it. And I said, you know what? That's awesome. That totally works for me. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your help. And that was it. But had I kind of kept in there, I don't want to do it, you know? So sometimes we just need to stop and just check in and and ask for help and ask for help. And just say, I'm stuck, you know, I'm stuck. What do we do here? Yeah. And I hear you. I love that because even as I was asking that question to you, I felt like that parent who, yeah, but yeah, but what about this? What about this? (laughs) Right. And remembering the power of trusting the process of Mm -hmm. trusting our kids, of trusting relationship, of not being so caught up in what do I, but what do I say to get them to do what I want rather than like, like that feels really narrow, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do I do to get them to do what I want rather than how can I be in relationship and move us forward? Right. And so I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I think also some parents feel as though, you know, there's this tendency to sort of avoid this because they feel it's going to upset their kids. Yep. Yep. Okay? Well, they're going to be mad or they're going to have a tantrum or they're right. going to freak out or they're going to start talking back, you know, so there's this kind of avoidance that happens as opposed to, you know, so what happens if your kid has a tantrum? Right. You know, it's being okay with that. It's okay for your child to have a tantrum. It's okay for your kid to have that meltdown. Yeah. So long as they're not hurting you or hurting somebody else, that's also where we have to be okay with allowing our kids to be disappointed. It's not our job to please them. It's our job to give them the tools and the skills that they need to be able to manage themselves. 
right? So oftentimes, okay, so that's, that's what I say to that. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about those kids that have those tantrums and mom and dad, parents are caregivers are just avoiding that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Margaret and I'm Amy and together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> Well, you're, Amy, more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends at Mindful Mama. We know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. I am, I, you know, I find that so interesting because especially in the context of power, mm-hmm. right? Cause where's the power there? Right. Um, and it's not, we don't want our kids to have power. It's again, coming back to shared power. And my response is always how great that, you know, when the tantrum comes that, you know, what triggers the tantrum why not have a conversation with your child about that trigger and explore doing something new, doing something different, noticing the body, practicing self-regulation, mm-hmm. right? Because avoiding the tantrum is not building any skills for your child right. either. So I think that's really interesting too. And it's exhausting. And we have to trust that and recognize like life with a three-year-old is not the same as life with a five-year-old or life with an eight-year-old or life with a 12-year-old. Right. Although there are some similarities between those toddlers and teens. What are some some other ways? So yeah, so toddlers and teens, they're both so power-driven, right? Mm -hmm. And as a personal practice, when I feel tense with my one month away from being a teen daughter, Mm -hmm. That is a tip off to me that I'm in or, or about to venture into a power struggle mm-hmm. where I know that when I'm tense and clenched, like literally my body clenches and my shoulders come in and it's like my whole body is a fist. Right. When I go there, when I'm at my best and recognize that I'm there in the moment, which is a whole other <laughs> skill in and of itself, (laughs) recognizing I'm there and saying, okay, just like you said with your son and the iPad, where can I share power right now? Or how can I at least like take that fist and open up for more possibilities for moving forward? So what are some ways that you encourage parents to share power either 
in or out of the actual power struggle. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. There's so yes, I just did a power struggle workshop last night. And one of the things that we talk about is actually my, my 10 tips for managing power struggles. So kind of picking my favorites, I would say, you know, choices, offering limited choices are really, really helpful because, you know, we talked earlier about that need for control. Mm-hmm. So choices are awesome because who doesn't like to feel a sense of control and power? So offering limited choices is something that we recommend. And humor is another one. I find that as parents, we're so serious these days. And so, I mean, as far as our kids are concerned, it doesn't look very fun to be an adult. I mean, we're running around from one thing to the next. So I think we need to remember that that humor and play, I mean, play is really our kids' language. Yeah. Often we're just speaking two completely different languages. So when we can remember to join them where they are and be playful. So, you know, with my daughter, you know, she's little strong-willed, little, little chickadee. And I remember we were in the morning is that's my most stressful time. I'm an on-time kind of person. I don't like to be late. And the last step in our routine was her to put her shoes on. And I remember saying to her, Chloe, it's time to put your shoes on. Of course, she's coloring. She completely ignored me. So I gave her the benefit of the doubt. Well, maybe she didn't hear me. I move a little closer. Chloe, it's time to put your shoes on. She gives me that little smirk, again, completely ignoring me. My patience is just dropping rapidly. So I'm like, what am I going to do here? And so I walk into the other room, took a deep breath. And for whatever reason, I just chose to be silly. I don't know what I just, one of the tools I chose. So in that moment, I went into the other room. I took out my hands and I said, here comes the tickle monster who gets little girls who don't put on their shoes. Yeah. And there she was laughing and giggling. Her shoes got on so quickly. Mm -hmm. And what was awesome about that is that I felt better. She felt better. I didn't feel like that nagging mom. And uh, at the end of the day, she cooperated. We got out the door. So I love that. I love when I remember humor and lightness. Yeah, like Exactly. And it's hard. I mean, it's hard. And a lot of parents will say, but it's hard to get so creative in those moments. And, and you don't have to be that creative. I mean, you don't have to be that creative. And I hear, you know, it is hard. It is hard. So it's just the more we practice it, the more we try it, the more we experiment with it. And we see that it actually is so effective then I think it just becomes just one of those other tools in our toolbox that we can bring out. And, you know, that, that was one thing that really worked with her. And I know, especially with older kids, like we had talked about a few moments ago, looking for those win-wins, mm-hmm. you know, is a, an amazing and awesome way to share power. Um, you know, kids really long to feel as, you know, we talk about in classes, you know, they want to feel significant, yeah, like they matter, like they mean something, like they have something to contribute. And so asking for their ideas, asking for their help is, um, makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, so that 10 tips for avoiding power struggles, is that a handout? That is a handout. Would yeah. you, can we put it in the show notes? We can certainly put it in the show notes. Awesome. Absolutely. So listeners yeah. be sure to look in the show notes for that, um, from Debbie. Cause that sounds like a great <laughs> refrigerator, uh, refrigerator tip sheet, tip sheet. Perfect. <laughs> So if the listener, if a listener was going to take one step today towards releasing the power struggles or beginning the process, right? Because I always want to be sure to say there's really that nothing that we can do to never find ourselves in power struggles because we are humans raising humans. Mm -hmm. None of us is the Dalai Lama. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 
it gets messy and emotional and we'll find ourselves there. If we are going to take one step today towards starting the process of releasing some of the power struggles in, in our homes, what would you suggest as a starting point? I, I always start by focusing on connection. That's yeah. always my starting point. Um, that can look, there's many forms to that. I mean, one is just that one-on-one time, you know, it's one of the best ways to connect. It's realizing that there's so much more to behavior than meets the eye so much underneath the surface. So often as parents, we just tend to focus on the behavior itself because we just want it to stop. Why can't you just listen already? And so the other place to start is really by focusing on that inner chatter, that self-talk, that dialogue that we have. I know for me, when my kids aren't listening, and if I were to sort of take a snapshot of what was going through my mind, it might sound something like, oh my God, are you kidding me? I cannot believe we're dealing with this again. I can't handle this enough. You know, all of that. Or why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? And what's wrong with him? You know, I had a parent say to me last night, you know, I just worry that my child's going to become a sociopath. Oh, yeah. So that's what, so when you're telling yourself my child's going to become a sociopath, then we we tend to behave in ways that, you know, doesn't really foster what it is that we're hoping to gain. So I think it's important to recognize, to really slow down. Mm-hmm. I have a, a friend of mine, a colleague of mine who, who started something called Pause Before Parenting, which I love. Yes, pause. Mm-hmm. Power oh, of pause oh, is huge. Power of the pause. So it's, it's recognizing that we kind of talk to ourselves in this way and choosing to come up with another mantra, choosing mm-hmm. to come up with another something else that we can tell ourselves in those challenging moments. So what I talk to parents about, and a lot of this um, it comes from Dr. Laura Markham, who's a, a big uh, parenting, uh, is, you know, telling ourselves, you know, this isn't an emergency. You know, I can handle this. My child's acting like a three-year-old because she is a three-year-old. I know for me, my mantra is, is connection before correction, or my mantra is really focused. It's just connect. Um, I'll tell parents, take post-it notes and put them around the house just to remind you to connect. Even if putting post-it notes around your house to remind yourself just to breathe. I'm a post-it note girl. Yeah. Lots of post-it notes. Just to slow it down. So I think really releasing the struggle involves first looking at our role in the struggle. And as you mentioned earlier, it takes two. It takes two to tango. We can't have a power struggle with one. So it's really about realizing we don't have to engage. Yeah. We can step out and, you know, again, focusing on what's beneath the behavior. So to what that goodness is in your child, because what our child is experiencing in those moments, you know, it's not good or bad. It's not right or wrong. It's just, it's what is Mm -hmm. It's really what is. So it's Mm -hmm. focusing on that relationship, focusing on the connection first is is kind of the the path. I love that. that Encouragement and connection. Yeah. And I think that everything you said kind of comes into one, like taking the pause, like noticing the react, like the, the, the reaction, right. The body reaction of like, or that tension and then taking a moment. And, and something that I like to invite parents into as well is asking that question of, you know, what's, what's the opportunity here? Like if there are teachers and we're really quick to say our kids are our teachers so guess when they're teaching us? Mm-hmm. Not when everything is going really well. Like that's like recess, you know, that's like right. 
That's easy peasy. We've already, you know, that's the review of the chapters, you know, from last year. When it gets really tough and challenging, that's the opportunity. That's when they're teaching us because that's when it becomes like, wow, can I show up as my best when I'm emotionally triggered? So, and that's what we're, that's what we want to model. Yeah. There's that saying, be it to teach it. So, you know, here we are, we expect our kids to hold it together and be calm and be rational, yet oftentimes we ourselves are flipping out. Right. I can't just listen to me already. it's, It's modeling what calm looks like and what it feels like. Right. And by the way, listeners, I hope that you're getting the message here that even the parent educators, this is active work (laughs) for all of us, (laughs) all of us. So Debbie, where can people find you and follow your work? So my website is Debbie Zeichner, lcsw.com. I'll put it in the show notes. Thank you. (laughs) I also, there's a lot of spelling in there. I also have a Facebook page. Um, Debbie Zeichner, LCSW Parent Coach. And that would be the best place to check me out. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I'm going to put that 10 tips in the show notes, listeners. So be looking at that. And Debbie, I can't wait for the next time we get to talk. Thanks, Casey. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Yeah. There you go. Everything you ever wanted to know about power struggles from Debbie Zeichner and me. So uh, listeners, friends, I hope that you got plenty out of that conversation. Check out the show notes for the links mentioned and for the um, avoiding power struggles handout. If you have any questions or thoughts or feedback, you can always email me, Casey at joyfulcourage.com. And if you're loving the show, please head over to iTunes, give me that five-star rating and let me know and others know why they should be listening in. I am in love with this medium for getting my message out. So thank you for being on the other end of it. And, um, listening in. I'm excited to see you and all of our discussions on the live in love with joyful courage Facebook page. So if you haven't made your way over there, it's a, it's a closed group for like-minded parents who are interested in living and loving with joyful courage. I'm there a lot and there's a great community of people. So if you haven't joined in, feel free to do so. And my friends have a fantastic week. I'll see you next time. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was 
steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross-type paint-on-paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking